Cleared for takeoff, runway 08, orbital insertion approved. Let's go. Hey, what is up, everyone? This is Jay Simpson, and you are listening to the Ignited Flight Podcast, where we bring information and inspiration for everything aeronautics and astronautics. Like I said, my name is Jay. I'm an entrepreneur, an investor, a disciple maker, and also I'm a private pilot and spaceflight enthusiast. Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the July 2021 space race. And I've got to be honest with you, I could not be any more excited for what is going to happen this month. It truly is going to be epic. We have several different companies, some amazing vehicles that are going to be taking some incredible steps forward that is literally going to change the lives of individuals in the years to come. And I'm really excited because both you and I get front row seats to see this go down in history. So let's talk about it. We've got three main companies right now that have some incredible things that are coming just around the corner, and we want to talk about that. The first, of course, is SpaceX. Now, I got to be honest with you, if you know me at all, I am a huge SpaceX fan, majorly. And I'm not going to lie, I do carry a, a little bit of a bias towards them. I'm a really big fan of everything that they're doing and what they've been able to accomplish, honestly, in a very short amount of time. Uh, Elon Musk, of course, the CEO of SpaceX, is doing an incredible job. i just amazed at his mind, at his vision, his work ethic, and how he is accomplishing such incredible goals. But SpaceX has a brand new rocket that they're going to be flying. But also we have Blue Origin, and Blue Origin is the wonderful... Um, company that was birthed by Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos, of course, being the CEO of Amazon, just stepped down recently. But this project has been really a a big passion of his, and they are making some incredible progress uh, with their new vehicles as well. And finally, and last but not least, we have Virgin Galactic. Now, Virgin Galactic is uh, the project of Sir Richard Branson, and he has been actively in this area of spaceflight endeavors uh, for well over 15 years. And they finally have a vehicle now that they are ready to start using uh, really in a a commercial aspect. So really, you have three vehicles that are going to be going, shall we say, head to head this month. Um, and really just what they can accomplish and what that means for us going forward. SpaceX has been working for the last several years on their brand new mega rocket called Starship. And uh, mega is an understatement. This thing is huge. Uh, This is a fully reusable spacecraft, two stages. And again, the main purpose of this is for this rocket to be able to go to Mars literally to Mars. That's part of Elon Musk's plan is to be able to make humanity a multi-planetary civilization. And so he's been working around the clock, putting a lot of money into this. Recently, just uh, within the last couple of months, they finally had the upper portion of this rocket, which is Starship, uh, actually had its first successful test flight where it both launched and landed successfully. Of course, with SpaceX, that is their claim to fame. They have been able to very successfully launch and land many of their rockets. And uh, really, the reusability aspect has just been incredible on their business model and what that means for making space more accessible. So right now, SpaceX is finalizing uh, SN20. This is their Starship number 20. And it's going to be paired with the first super heavy rocket booster, which is BN4. Um, I say the first one, they have done tests on previous 
uh, versions of it, but this will be the first one that will actually have flown with a starship attached to it. So that's going to be really exciting to see. Now, on the Blue Origin side with Jeff Bezos, they've been working around the clock on their new Shepard vehicle. This is a smaller type of rocket, but it's what you would think of as a traditional rocket. Uh, it fires upward, has a capsule on top. It's powered by their BE-3 engine, which is a liquid hydrogen oxygen, pretty standard. Uh, and so they'll be flying New Shepard 4.3 or NS 4.3, their fourth rocket with this is their third flight. Again, they've had amazing progress with their launching and landings as well. And then finally... We have Virgin Galactic. Uh, Virgin Galactic has been in this space, like I mentioned, for a very long time. Sir Richard Branson's not easy to give up, and space is hard. And he's been working around the clock on his rocket plane. And basically, this is the Unity 22 spacecraft, and this is going to be launching here very shortly as well. Where this got interesting is, uh, within a couple months ago, Blue Origin stated that they were going to do their first commercial launch of New Shepard on July 20th. Now, at the same time, SpaceX was supposedly going to be launching uh, the Starship, again, the full complete stacked vehicle at the end of July, uh, at, literally at the end of the month. And so while this was going on, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Virgin Galactic, who's been testing their vehicles for a while, just announced they got FAA approval to do a launch here in July. And they are actually going to be launching on July 11th, just nine days be before Blue Origin does their first commercial flight. Yeah, you better believe it. Jeff Bezos was probably a little annoyed and irritated with that one. I can understand because um, Virgin Galactic appears to have just slipped in there. But the Virgin Galactic design is very different from both the SpaceX and Blue Origin design. While it's reusable, it more functions like a rocket plane, and it's powered by a hybrid rocket engine. We'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes, but basically a combination of both a liquid and solid propellant rocket engine. Now, I say that these three companies are kind of uh, going in the space race for this particular month. SpaceX has just recently announced that their vehicle will be delayed until August, and Quite honestly, that's a very typical SpaceX thing, especially in the area that they are developing. This is brand new technology. It's very large. No one on Earth has ever developed anything like this before. So again, I'm a huge SpaceX fan. I will give them all the time they need to make this thing work because it's literally going to change humanity as we know it. Um, they have made incredible progress, again, with the Starship design uh, and with the BN4 booster. Um, literally, when this thing is fully stacked, uh, you're talking about a vehicle that is almost 400 feet tall. 400 feet. That is huge. Um, again, nothing nothing we've ever had has come close to that. Uh, so it's going to be a really capable rocket, and I'm really excited to see that thing fly. Um, so that leaves basically Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic. And these two companies, honestly, this is where most of the space race is for July of 2021, because both these companies are trying to get their first commercial flight into space for the whole purpose of space tourism. This is a market that has been dreamed of for a very long time, just the idea that an ordinary individual in moderately good health with the financial capability could purchase a ticket and basically go into space and get that incredible experience. And we are very close to it. These will be the first flights that we will see this actually happen. Um, and again, even some of the seats are being sold in that capacity. Um, so between Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic, it's going to be a race to see who actually gets this accomplished first. And it's going to be really exciting, like I said, to see this happen. 
Now let's talk a little bit about the experience mainly again between Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic. We'll swing back around to SpaceX at the end, but right now since they've been delayed, they're kind of in a category on their own. But let's talk about the experience for space tourism between both Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic. A Blue Origin flight, again, it's a, it's a rocket. Um, so you get the experience as close to what a typical astronaut would feel. You get strapped in on your back and you launch vertically. You feel all the Gs of the acceleration. The entire flight for them, being a suborbital flight, lasts about 8 to 10 minutes. Um, again, that's pretty quick, but again, the experience is like no other. You will actually cross over the Kármán line, which is 100 kilometers into space, um, and basically that line, that altitude, 100 kilometers, has been pretty much internationally recognized as the quote-unquote boundary between atmosphere and space. Now, I say that loosely because there is no actual definitive boundary. It's what we have generally associated with it. There's some science behind that that I'm not going to get into in the moment, but basically generally accepted 100 kilometers, the Kármán line is what is generally accepted as the entry into space. Blue Origin is going to cross over that, and uh, again, their vehicle is incredible. But Virgin Galactic, on the other hand, their model is a little bit different. Their vehicle, I've mentioned, is like more like a rocket plane. It's actually mounted underneath of a larger mothership plane, and basically that larger plane will take off just like a regular airplane would, goes to an altitude of about 50,000 feet, then releases the spacecraft, and then the spacecraft fires up the rocket engine, and then it carries it upwards for the rest of the flight. Um, because of that, the actual rocket portion of the flight for Virgin Galactic is a little bit shorter. But what is interesting is the amount of weightlessness that you get from both of these different experiences. And this is what's kind of shocking. Uh, the Blue Origin experience, you actually get about three minutes, give or take, of weightlessness which isn't bad. I mean, this is being astronaut weightlessness. That's that's pretty cool. Um, so about three minutes of that is what you get. Virgin Galactic, on the other hand, they are projecting close to about four minutes of weightlessness. Um, and my personal opinion, my thought is, is that basically because of the way the vehicles are flying, the trajectories where the... the um, Blue Origin rocket is more of a vertical experience and the Virgin Galactic has a little bit more of an arc to it. That may contribute a little bit to the amount of time you get in weightlessness. Don't know that for a fact, that's just my opinion. Um, so you get a little bit more time in weightlessness, but basically they're both about the same as in that regard. Um, the, the major thing, obviously, is the difference between the spacecraft. Blue Origin is a capsule, and it has these huge, I mean, literally huge, ginormous windows that surround it, six of them. And Blue Origin's claim to fame has been that they give you the biggest windows in space. And I'll be honest, I've mentioned before, my dream is to one day have this experience of seeing, seeing the Earth from orbit. And I, I just think I can imagine myself standing in front of one of these huge windows, just looking out, seeing the curvature of the Earth, and uh, just being wowed and amazed at uh, God's creation and just how incredible this, this planet really is. Uh, that perspective has got to be incredible. So those big windows do play a very important factor. However, the capsule is, again, like a rocket capsule. It's not particularly huge. Plenty of room still to turn around and be able to do a couple of somersaults and weightlessness. Um, but definitely, definitely more like what I would call a more of a, an authentic spaceflight experience comparatively to what we have known historically. Virgin Galactic, on the other hand, uh, their space plane, uh, the Unity, is more like a rocket plane. So the seating on side is kind of eerily similar to what you would experience on a regular flight. 
Um, so the cabin is kind of long and slender. Um, but because of that, when you have the opportunity to be in that weightless environment, you actually have a lot more ground and area that you can move around in. And I think that's really cool. Virgin Galactic, I do have to hand to them, they have put a lot of energy and effort into making sure the inside of that cabin is exceedingly well done. They have tons of HD cameras surrounding everything to capture your experience. Uh, they actually have a giant mirror at the one end of the spacecraft so you can actually see yourself doing those somersaults. And you're surrounded by 17 windows. Again, the windows are a decent size, nothing huge, but um, 17 windows, you get a lot of opportunity to see things from all different angles. So it's definitely a different experience uh, going after a, a, a similar goal of being able to take people up into orbit. The, I shouldn't say orbit because it's a suborbital flight, but basically take people into, into space. Now, what's interesting here is Virgin Galactic, though, they technically aren't really going into space. This is a, an object of debate. I'm going to fall on the line that they are not technically into space because they are not crossing the Kármán line. Um, this, is, this is a big deal. So they really only go up to about 91 or 92 kilometers, whereas that Kármán line sits at 100 kilometers. Now, that might be just a short little difference, but if you want to come back and say that you went into space, I would like to go and cross the boundary where most of the world, like 96% of it says, uh, is space. Um, so while this gets close, again, I'm not certain if, if that would be for me. You get a similar experience. Uh, and again, depending on what kind of experience you're looking for, you would definitely walk away having a great time. But again, if, if it was me and these were my options, I would want the one that would cross over the Kármán line at 100 kilometers. So those are the, the experiences that's coming up uh, with, with both Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic. Now, on these upcoming flights, again, Virgin Galactic being on July the 11th and um, Blue Origin being on July the 20th, each one has a different manifest of passengers that they are bringing on board. It's important to note that both of these vehicles can carry six individuals total, but the way they're configured is slightly different. Blue Origin, while it can hold six individuals, all six of them can be passengers. Uh, the craft is fully automated and runs everything from both ground control and the vehicle itself. However, on this first flight, um, this actual opportunity for them to kind of prove the technology in a commercial sense, there's only going to be four passengers on this flight. One is going to be Jeff Bezos himself. And quite honestly, I can't blame him. If I had put that much money into it and had much time and effort and it was my dream, I would be on board that thing too. Um, so I can, I can definitely understand that. And of course, Jeff wouldn't be a good guy unless he brought his own brother, Mark. So Mark is going to be going along with him. So Jeff Bezos, his brother, Mark Bezos, is going to be on board this flight. The third seat of this flight is going to the winner of the Blue Origin auction. So recently, Blue Origin put up the first seat in space up for auction that they were going to take the funds and donate it to a charity that they are putting together for young people. And this seat sold for an astonishing price tag of $28 million. $28 million. So that's pretty cool, I guess, to say that you bought the first commercial uh, flight uh, seat for space flight. Although if uh, Virgin Galactic beats you by a couple days, I guess that totally wouldn't be true. But um, nevertheless, this individual, the winner who is still not yet to be named, uh, they will be the, the third seat on board. However, the fourth seat of this flight um, again, of the six available, only four passengers in this flight. I was really proud of Jeff Bezos on this one. I think this is really cool. He's actually gifting this seat to Wally Funk. 
Um, Wally Funk, if that name doesn't resonate with you, she was actually a part of the Mercury 13, quote unquote, female astronauts. These were ladies that went through the exact same training as the other Mercury astronauts in anticipation that perhaps women would be able to fly one of these spacecraft. Through a variety of reasons, and I'm not going to get into all that right now, they were not able to. However, she still made some incredible feats in her life. Uh, Wally was able to be the first female FAA inspector and also the first female NTSB inspector. Uh, but right now, she's finally going to get her dream. She's going to be able to go into space um, on Blue Origin on this flight coming up on New Shepard. And uh, that's, that's going to be incredible. What's also interesting is that she will be going up on this flight at 82 years old. 82 years old. Now, while this is why this is important is that when she does that, she will become the oldest person that will have gone into space. Right now, the current record holder of that is John Glenn, who ironically was also a Mercury astronaut. Um, he was 77 when he launched into space on STS-95 Space Shuttle Discovery, and that was back in 1998. So whenever Wally aboards uh, Blue Origin's New Shepard spacecraft in that capsule on July 20th and completes that flight, she will be the oldest person going into space. And I say good for her. She's waited long enough for this, and I'm glad that she'll get some both opportunity for the experience and some recognition because I think it's well-deserving. Uh, Virgin Galactic, on the other hand, they also can carry six individuals, but two of those individuals must be crew. They have to be pilots. So aboard their flight, they have two crew, two pilots, and four passengers. One of the passengers, of course, is Sir Richard Branson. Uh, again, he's the guy behind Virgin Galactic. Makes sense that he would be on board. You have two pilots. That's Dave McKay and Michael Masucci. And I think I'm saying his last name correctly. If not, I'm sorry, Michael, I'm trying. Um, Dave has had two successful flights um, on Unity and one abort. Um, so he has some experience there. Michael has only had one flight back in 2019 also with Dave. Um, so again, there's a little bit of difference in the amount of flight time that both of these vehicles have had. Nevertheless, the FAA has signed off on Virgin Galactic's flight. Um, but those will be the two crew on board again with Sir Richard Branson as uh, one of the four passengers. And then there's also going to be three mission specialists. And I'm not going to list their names, but basically these are individuals, high contributing, high level leaders at Virgin Galactic. And while they will be, be performing some duties to evaluate uh, the actual experience and the performance of the vehicle. No doubt this is also a way to tip their hat to them as just being uh, an excellent, well job done um, that they, you know, they can just kind of celebrate in this regard. So that's going to be an exciting time for them. I mentioned this briefly, but if you look back at the history between these two vehicles, Blue Origin has had 15 successful flights to date. They've only had one partial success, but 15 successful flights and including um, lots of landings in there too. So they've done exceedingly well with that. Virgin Galactic has had three flights over 80 kilometers and they've had some, some setbacks over the years. Um, back in 2007, they had a test explosion and probably the most notable is one of their spacecraft, uh, the Enterprise broke up in 2014, uh, killing one of the pilots and severely injuring the second. Um, one thing about Virgin Galactic, um, and this to me is one thing that really kind of sticks out as um, a potential concern in my mind, is the engine setbacks they've had. The engines that they run, we mentioned before, it's a hybrid engine. So it's a combination of both a liquid gas, liquid or gas, and a solid component rocket engine. And they just have had a lot of challenges trying to develop this engine. There's been a couple times that they have launched and then the engine is not cooperated correctly and they've had to return to base. Um, but 
that that engine has had a lot of work put into it and is potentially caused some issues throughout the years. I still believe it's a pretty safe engine. Um, I'll be honest, if I had to choose between these two, I think I would prefer to ride on Blue Origin just because of the track record they have. But no doubt, give Virgin Galactic some time. Um, I think that they will also uh, build more credibility with their um, ability to safely put the vehicle up for the experience and return it. And again, I want to reiterate just my opinion. The FAA, again, has given a lot of rigorous attention to this and has approved this flight um, on July 11th for Virgin Galactic. So again, due diligence has been done. This is just my opinion on it. I want to give you my potential expectations on uh, what I think is going to happen. Um, so I personally think that Blue Origin, again, launching on July 20th, I believe that they are going to be successful. I, I cannot see any reason why they would not be. Um, the only thing I can see potentially happening there is a potential delay should there be a weather situation or something like that. Uh, Virgin Galactic, on the other hand, um, again, just looking at this kind of plainly and simply, I think that perhaps their flight is not going to happen on July 11th, um, and I think potentially they may not beat Blue Origin um, in this endeavor. Here's where I think that. Um, historically, Virgin has gone through a lot of delays. Um, we've seen a lot of potential partial flights, um, and I, I see some potential engine difficulties along the way, too. So, again, on top of that, you know, weather may be a concern, as with all space flights. Um, I just could potentially see that as an attempt on July the 11th, and maybe that it might not fully completely go through. Again, I think any way uh, it is attempted, I believe it will be safe. Um, but I, I personally don't think, perhaps, and I could be wrong, we'll find out, you know, maybe a few podcasts down the road, a few episodes down the road, I can, uh, I can let you know if I was right or wrong. But I personally think that perhaps uh, Virgin Galactic might be delayed slightly. Even though Virgin Galactic is still slated to go first, um, I, I have, I'm in the running that I think Blue Origin is still going to get the prize here. Not that there is a prize, but I think that they are potentially going to be the ones that are going to be at the head of the pack on this one. Now, I said I wanted to circle back. Obviously, we spent a lot of time talking about Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic with the, the New Shepard rocket and the Unity rocket. Um, and, uh, and I want to circle back and talk about SpaceX because I mentioned them briefly a little bit, but again, I love SpaceX, so I got to talk about them a little bit. Right now, their flight for Starship has been pushed back until August right now. Um, my anticipation there, since I'm giving you expectations, I could expect there to be further delays with that. Um, the Starship program, because of the complexity and the various difficulties with it, there have been many delays associated with this during the progress and development. Um, so I could, I could potentially see that. Also, it's important to note that the super heavy booster BN4 that has been tested on the ground but never tested in flight yet is going to be used in a stacked configuration. Now, what that means is a lot of things can go right or wrong, <laughs> depending on the scenario. So I think that's going to be an exciting flight one way or the other. Again, that will be an unmanned flight, of course, as they're still in the testing phase. Um, I'm very hopeful that's going to be a success, but it could also be a very extravagant failure or and or learning experience. That being said, I personally think that SpaceX will be in orbit with their Starship vehicle by the end of the year. Maybe with a little bit of luck, they might get it in this flight. I don't know. Um, but I definitely think they'll be orbit in orbit by the end of the year. And I think in short proximity to that, you will see both 
portions of this spacecraft, both Starship and the booster portion, being able to land and be reused safely. So all in all, we have an exciting July 2021 ahead of us with this, I'm calling it the July 2021 space race between Virgin Galactic and also Blue Origin. Stay tuned on these events because I think you're going to see some incredible things come out of this, some incredible experiences, and I'm just super excited for this. I wish all the companies involved the best uh, success and luck, and I just pray for their safety, and I think it's going to be incredible. Literally, what will happen this month, listen to me, what will happen this month will set the pace forward for space tourism and our opportunity to take a ride in space one day and to see the Earth from orbit. I mentioned to you before, that is my goal before I die. I want to be able to take a ride into space, see the Earth from orbit, and have that life-changing experience. So exciting times ahead. I cannot wait to see what this month brings. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope you're leaving inspired and excited for what is ahead. Feel free to reach out to me uh, through Instagram. My handle there is jsimnow. That's J-A-Y-S-I-M-N-O-W. I would love to get your questions or comments, any feedback, or maybe some future value that you'd like to gain from this podcast. Definitely reach out. I love connecting with our listeners, and that would be great to connect with you uh, over chat sometime. With that being said, thank you so much for joining us today. Get ready for liftoff and have a stellar day.